Welcome to Shame Watch, a guilt-free dive into those massive movie failures that we hate to love. Each week, we look at a movie that either we or our guests love, but society shames them for. We peek into each nook and cranny for each bright spot, keeping the public at bay while watching these movies like the miracles that they are. We're getting the band back together. We're recording an album. We're, we're, we're coming back from a breakup. We're watching Begin Again. I'm one of your hosts. Aaron Salinas, uh, all around uh, snuggly guy, editor, uh, nice dude, um, tries to be a good guy. Uh, and to my left is the chief, chief, executive chief archivist of flatfilms.com. Executive chief archivist of flatfilms.com, Kenny Troublegum Madison. <laughs> that is who I am. I am Troublegum. And beneath me is. Olivia Slap and Suarez. I am the executive lioness of Shame Watch Pod. I'm also a professional musician, so I am more than pumped to uh, cover this movie. A uh, quick little plug in. If you are a part of our, our Patreon community, which is $2 a month, you'll actually get to hear my commentary on this movie from back in August. So I've got a lot of thoughts. Uh, feel free to check that out. And uh, there is a 30 minute sneak peek on the free feed. Uh, Olivia, quick thing, because you are the lioness, and earlier today, I saw a lion kissing a deer. It was the craziest thing. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm laughing and my tailbone still hurt. <laughs> and our special guest is a wonderful person, entrepreneur, podcaster, videographer, just all around cool guy. Gerald Flores. Welcome, Gerald. Woo! Thank Gerald. you, guys. Appreciate it. So a uh, quick plug for Gerald, and we're going to give you a plug at the end, too, of course. Um, I came to know Gerald's gear first. He is the owner and operator of Taco Gear. Then I found your podcast. Then I found you on the tour of Texas Tacos. Um, on I really like tacos as well. Not as much as Gerald. He's got Tacos Neons uh, behind I him. Mean, so amazing. kudos. Um, but yeah, so I got... Uh, a lot of, I'm wearing some of his merch now, and you I also are. have his merch on my car at all times. Um, I'm not texting. I'm uh, eating a taco. So big fan <laughs> of you guys. Uh, but you. yeah, man, if you want to give us kind of a little snippet as to how that all started. Oh, man. The brand? Yeah. The taco brand? Um, so the short version is I've been a graphic designer for like 15, 16 years, probably longer. But uh, one day about six years ago, I was just looking for a taco shirt that I would want to wear. And I couldn't really find one. Like there wasn't really any that were made that would um, that I'd be proud to wear. <laughs> not necessarily like not less embarrassed to wear. Um, there we go. Yeah. So I just started to make my own. And at the time, I found a, a drop shipper, and uh, just found a business model that worked for me that allowed me to like just continue creating taco themed like apparel. It became like known really fast at the beginning. It was just going to be taco themed because I do have like a full time job and I didn't want to pressure myself with like coming up with the next cool like Latino inspired merch because there's a ton of that and people are doing it really well. So I thought if I just focused on tacos, it would be a lot easier. Um, and it kind of was, but uh, it, the, the brand just kind of has been sustaining itself and growing steady as a as an indie brand for the last six years. That's dope, dude. I'm a big fan. Y'all should man. really uh, check them out. Um, but right on, you brought us the, the 2013 Mark Ruffalo, uh, uh, Keira Knightley, right? Is it Keira Knightley? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, classic with every hot musician at the time, I think, of 2013 in the <laughs> cast as well. Uh, begin again. 
That's right. That's right. I appreciate the trouble gum um, <laughs> comment that you made during your intro. I, as soon as I heard that name, my, my <laughs> heart grew three sizes. I'm going to have to talk to my doctor about. And then, uh, because I've been texting on the group chat because yes. we're friends outside of the podcast. Hey, we are. Uh, and Aaron and Olivia quite smartly said, save it for the pod. So I specifically texted Olivia as soon as I heard trouble gum and I just went trouble gum, Olivia, trouble gum. That's three texts right there. And I think I went all caps on that third text. Yeah. It's, it's the best name of anything ever. And I don't ever speak in hyperbole, but it is just, it's the best. It's my favorite thing. 10 out of 10 stars. Good. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, that honestly, I didn't hear the name Trouble Gum until like the end, like when I was reading the credits and then he like sends out, well, we'll get to it, but he sends out the yeah. text to Trouble Gum and he was like, wouldn't you get Trouble Gum involved? I was like, I feel like we're just rushing this name all of a sudden, but it is the greatest name. I feel like like they they came up with the name at the very end. And we're like, we got to shoehorn that in and just hit it out of the park. It was such a fun, uh, that's CeeLo characters, uh, CeeLo right. Green's character, by the way. Um, but yeah, man, tell us a little bit about why you feel a little bit of shame with this, uh, 13, 2013, uh, love, love musical. Um, well, you know, it's not like a full ashamed really, but it's kind of like one of those, um, so, okay. So I love musicals, right? This isn't a musical, but like, I'm a huge fan of musicals like West Side Story. musical. That's right. West Side Story. And it's going to find all of us front row in the height (laughs) as soon as it comes out. Oh, okay. Wait. Okay, very cool. Um, so, and I have my theater arts teacher from middle school to thank for that. He made us watch like West Side Story and all that, uh, which was really cool. And it's funny because you watch it and it takes like a whole week to watch it or actually longer because you only watch like 25 minutes each class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> takes like uh, a full six weeks to get the one musical. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, and that was a long one. So I've always liked mu- uh, movies that are um, kind of music based and I, I'm a huge fan of um, Once, which is uh, also directed by the same director. Yeah, really, really good movie. Really good movie. I think more people knew the song first before the actual movie that like everybody on American Idol seemed to sing for like three years straight. Hey, you know what? I mean, that's (laughs) that's how I came to know Once. But then I watched it and I was like, this is fucking incredible. Yeah, yeah. So I saw that and I was flipping through um, actually iTunes and I buy way too many movies on iTunes and I was flipping through and I saw that one and I hadn't heard about it before for whatever reason. And then I saw who directed it and I was like, Hey, that's the guy from once put it on. I was by myself. My wife was like somewhere else. And then I kind of just like fell in love with it. But a lot of people that I show it to or tell them about it's like a hit or miss kind of, they're like, that was stupid. And I'm like, I fucking love that movie. There's like more to it that I can share, like of why I actually love it with my wife and stuff, but Mm -hmm. we'll get into that whenever you guys are ready. Yeah, I'm, dude, I'm pumped because I fucking love this movie. Me too. So, yeah, I, I, I do want to ask: Is there a, a genre to categorize this? Because when I'm watching these, I can't help but think of like the the words that come to mind are like artsy, overly optimistic. Is is the best way to describe it? Because like everything is perfect. Because we all know if the we heard the actual recording, it would sound like dog shit. Like it's, <laughs> it's in the middle of New York. Oh yeah, these songs would just sound like trash. Like. The audiophiles that would watch this movie are like, I, I don't agree with any of this. This is terrible. Yeah, <laughs> you would. I mean, you would have to have like a master engineer yeah. to work on that. And then even then, probably couldn't get like 
the ideal that that's actually like at the end of the movie you would have to like recreate that sound that outside sound like in the studio yeah exactly so like the cynic in me is like this isn't possible like none of this would happen like no like and i remember so we would all identify more with james corden when he was like this isn't gonna work like listen, yeah. To yeah you're not hearing what i'm hearing but i remember like a lot of the times when like mark ruffalo was like holding uh the boom mic and like he's just like rubbing the stick mm-hmm. or like or like putting Big it no-no. down and i'm like you can't move like that yeah. would sound horrible this is not working oh my god he like put it down to take a picture like he held it held or he like arm puts and- in his armpit and like yeah <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of cringy times in that movie, by the way. I just want to get it out of the way. The, <laughs> yes. the, one, the one that was the worst for me was like the first time you see Adam Levine's beard. <gasps> Whoever like was in charge of putting that beard on him, I think was probably fired because like that beard sucked. It looked really weird. The next second beard sucked. It wasn't until the third one where like, OK, they fixed it. But it was horrible that first time. Like, yeah, it's bad. Gerald, speaking of cringy things about Begin Again, uh, one of the things that we like to do about this podcast is add a little bit of context about why someone might feel a little bit of shame by picking a critical review and reading it on the podcast in a segment that we like to call The Context. Olivia, feel free to sing that stinger completely live. Context. Great. <laughs> Uh, and I don't know if you know this, but I've had nine pints of whiskey and I'm seeing strings behind you and piano whenever you think it's wonderful. The cello's just levitating and, mm-hmm. and going at it. Yes. <laughs> In a review titled Begin Again Doesn't Quit Off the Charts by Amy Carlberg of Bust.com. <clears throat> and this review is edited for time. I hope that's okay with everyone. Mm. Dan is an alcoholic divorced dad with a broken dream of running his own record label. Greta is a down-on-her-luck young New York amigre with a song in her heart. From writer-director John Carney, Begin Again is essentially the bubblegum pop version of Inside Lewin Davis. Unfortunately, and Olivia, you're going to have to restrain yourself on this one. Unfortunately, not many of the songs are very good. Adam Levine, who plays Knightley's erstwhile rocker boyfriend, lends the only star power that can turn these nauseating melodies mesmerizing. If only he were as virtuoso an actor as well, he makes up for it with a range of facial hairstyles growing bushier with each ego-bloating accomplishment. A cheesy, wet dream of New York City unfolds scene after unrealistic scene. Dan and Greta decide to record an album in public locations all around the city. They're not shooting for lifelike, but if you work in the recording industry or have ever tried to put an album together, this movie might hurt your teeth a little. Case in point, the first time Dan sees Greta performing at an open mic just after she's left her boyfriend, we watch Ruffalo's face for a gratuitous 30 seconds or so, gazing at Knightley, then cut briefly to Knightley's face, then back to Ruffalo. In movies, it still seems that watching a man watch a woman is supposed to be more interesting than seeing a female character actually doing something. Don't expect this typical story to be told from a perspective that is out of the ordinary. It's very much the trope of a screwed up guy meeting a broken girl. If you want to turn your brain off with a bottle of Zinfandel and start to notice just how much Adam Levine really does look and act a lot like your own ex, this is the weeknight flick for you. Sometimes I just want to ask people who hurt you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're not wrong. Man. That... Critics going to catch these hands. It, it's 
Wow. Okay. I will say it's a very bubblegummy movie. Mm, and that's mm-hmm. what I, I'm trying to get. Like, like yeah. to me, August Rush uh, kind of comes to mind. Like those type of like overly optimistic, like perfect timing, perfect. Everything happens just like it should kind of thing. And and like I, I will admit you kind of have to be in the mood for those kind of movies. Yes. Like like you can't like if I'm like upset, like had a rough day at work, you know, things aren't going exactly like I would have liked to. Hell yeah. I'm totally down with this. But if I'm like in like in a critical mind state of like, you know, like if I just watched like, you know, you know, Gone with the Wind or some critically acclaimed film and then I came to this, I'm like, yeah, Gone with the Wind isn't a bad, is a bad <laughs> example. It's a it's a racist <laughs> as fuck movie. <laughs> but, you know, just some critically acclaimed film. Like, you know, if I'm going from like Scarface to this, I'm like, well, mm, not in the mood for this now. Like, I, I, I mean, that's probably... a weird way to cleanse your palate. Yeah. yeah also, wrong, but Scarface, I've been Scarface as well. With Al Pacino doing brownface as well, that's also a racist movie. Yeah, not, not not a good not a good yeah. But like, if if I was not in the mood for it, I would probably like have a lot of pickiness for it. But it's a fun movie. It's a cute movie. It's not like an award winning movie. Sometimes you just got to watch movies that like make you feel happy. Okay, like I love. I know this is off topic, but I love Chef because like there really isn't. Oh, there's not a lot of. Movie. There's only like conflict when he goes nuts, but then the rest of the movie just goes up. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But some people like want all this conflict, and I don't always like need that. You know, I'm yeah. I'm a big fan of nice core movies. Are you guys familiar with nice core movies? Yeah, maybe like not the term. I'm not familiar with the term, but what probably the concept? Uh, Gerald, nice core? No, tell me. Uh, so this is a term. I think it was coined by David Ehrlich, who's a pretty great film critic, in in my opinion. Um, and he used it to describe topical Paddington two, whenever it came out oh my um, gosh. and it's movies that are just really pleasant. And I, I think uh, Paddington two magic Mike XXL Ted Lasso, the new movie that came out with Ed Helms and Patty Harrison together together. I would classify that as nice core movies that are just really in, instead of the kind of relying on heavy, conflict or even mid-level conflict these are movies that kind of revel in the drama not from conflict but contrast which is in putting two i guess contrasting ideologies together and instead of just kind of having them butt heads just having them be together and the the dramatic tension that comes from that um yeah okay it's it's really lovely yeah, that makes so, sense. So it's kind of like the equivalent of uh, <clears throat> of a nice meringue. Like, like meringue really works well if you got like a little bit of something tart with it. That's why you get a lemon meringue pie because it's just really nice. Because because meringue is nice and fluffy, and 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 soft and squishy, and and you know you need something else to kind of like counteract it, and and it works lovely when you have it like absolutely. Lovely. There we go. Now we brought it back to food. Aaron's on board. Aaron's, yeah. Aaron's <laughs> know what we're working with. Nailed it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I totally. I mean, I feel like the criticism. Like, I feel like they just had like a really bad day after they before they watched this movie. I mean, I yeah, I don't, I don't know. I it, it's so, it's so hard to take critics seriously when they go that elaborate. Because sometimes I just want to like scale it back. Like, so you didn't enjoy it at all. Because like. You can't see past these little things, which you can uh, find in a lot I'll, of movies. I'll speak up for critics in this regard because, look, one of the four rules on Shame Watch is no dunking. And I don't, I don't but some, make it a rule. 
at least yeah we make it a rule because dunking is really fun sometimes yeah. just look at the entire discourse on the star wars prequels which really mm. hurt no one uh but we just talk about it in such uh vitriolic terms but sometimes sometimes it just feels really good to dunk on something oh that was uh, me and mama mia too cinematic yeah. ambient episode yeah it's fun it's it's fun to dunk sometimes okay and i think film critics in general just kind of get a bad rap because it's their job to watch movies and so they watch movies in a different way that normal folks do they it's it's literally sure. their job to think critically uh about it all the time and their brains are just wired differently as opposed to normal folks uh who are just like look you motherfuckers, I just worked from seven to six on the cement fields. I don't really know. All I want to do is just turn my brain off and just watch something and just get escaped. Uh, and critics just aren't... Boy, I feel I feel like such a nerd defending film critics. Look at me die on this hill. Uh, but it's, like, it's their job and they're... Like the first guardians of how should we interpret this art for the masses? Uh, what does this mean? What does this mean for culture at large? Uh, is this a hurtful piece of art? Is this helpful? How do we construe this? Um, end of statement. And right. I think he sounds smart. But at the same yeah. time, like we start off the movie with 30 Mark Ruffalo feet. So, I mean, it's not like we're expecting like. Yes. And I'm not gonna lie, I cringed. I, I didn't. Like, I didn't expect. I didn't see that till the second time I watched it. By the way. Oh, I I yeah. loved it. I was like, wow, what a great detail. <laughs> it it's set and, and like I feel like we were like hyper focused on it for like that two seconds we saw it. And when I yeah. saw it, I was like, oh no, that <laughs> would never fly at my house. That mm -mm, boy, get into that tub and wash them feet. <laughs> cue cue the TikTok song that. Oh no. Oh, oh no 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> mm -mm. But yeah, I mean, it, it sets it up like nicely. It's gonna just be like a fun, like you know, you know, heart in the city kind of vibe kind of thing. And I, I, I liked it. I and you know, this is my this was actually my first time watching it. Um, and when I'm when I was watching, it, I was like, uh, I feel like uh, this. It's just too optimistic for me. And now, like the like, kind of marinating on it. It's a fun movie, man. I mean, there's Adam Levine's got a mustache. He does oh have my a god, <laughs> Adam Levine in this movie, just if I if I if the court will permit me, because I well sorry I have to ask permission if the court will permit me. Uh, granted. Granted. Am I on this? Oh yeah. yeah. Denied. I'm kidding. Granted. Because <laughs> oh, I also shot this text message to the group because again, as I've established, we're friends outside of the podcast. We like to chat. And uh, let me let me pull up the exact message of my message because I think it's really critical to establish uh, what I think that he looks like. And uh, Adam Levine looks and sounds like a complete dork in this movie. It is fascinating. And now he's got a mustache. He's a dorky dad type. Yeah, yeah. Because you put you put that collared shirt on him and a hoodie, and he's clean shaven. And I think he's wearing dork glasses at the beginning. And I'm just like, oh, uh, you're a dork. You're a big old dork. And you just happen to be a, a pop, massive pop star. But also, if you had just veered 10 degrees this way, total dork. You'd be a huge dork. You're a big dork. 
Yeah, I think they tried setting him up for the music douche angle. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "What's the like? What's the hipster thing we can do for him? Just I don't know. Have him slowly grow from mustache to drinking matcha to to having a beard. Like it was. I saw what they were doing, but it was like I feel like you're going really on the nose with this. Yeah, dude. And it's like he becomes like music douche for a lot of reasons. Like, so as a songwriter. Um, I just took a class on like getting your song on getting your music on film and TV. And it's a big deal when you do get your music placed um, in, you know, cinematic media. And it I mean, you could see the trajectory of his character going from like somebody who kind of got lucky. And then, you know, he incorporates Greta, Kira Knightley's character, um, just saying, like, she's my songwriting partner. We're you know she she can uh, collaborate with me on a few songs and then next thing you know you see him recording at electric lady studios and then there comes the song um which one is it is it a higher place which Ooh, he writes the cheating to song the cheating song <laughs> and he cheats on greta with the gr- the other girl at the like who was at the sitting Mim. at the music her name Mim. is Mim. Yeah. yeah and you're just like fuck this and then that's not even the worst part the worst part, and Gerald, you might agree with me, is probably like the iconic song of this movie is Lost Stars, which Yo. was nominated for uh, Best Original Song. Yo. And, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That, that song slaps. But then at the end, when he is trying to share that song with Greta and like she's listening to it and it's like this ultra popified version, I'm like, who are you? Like, this is, this sucks. I, I low key did like the performance at the end. Oh my gosh. Does, in yes. the crowd yeah. but then you Ooh. could see Greta's disappointment when he like especially during like the bridge he goes like super poppy he goes like super Adam Levine that we know today and um you know as a songwriter when you see your song um I mean it's an honor when you get somebody else to sing your song and do a, a cover and a different interpretation that you never thought but there's also like a bittersweetness when it's like I don't know when it becomes something that you never really intended it to be so well it um, was it was his christmas gift yeah Mm -hmm. kind of like a last minute christmas gift which is yeah no stadium pop that's what she kept referring to it as Mm -hmm. and it's funny because like those two words stadium pop i think everyone would be like oh i know i know exactly what you're saying (laughs) Mm -hmm. totally get it yeah yeah you know um i have to i have to go back to the cringy stuff too do you remember when okay so the scene when um he came into I guess uh, his manager's office and that that douchey manager with the glasses and the suit and introducing everyone. Around oh, the yeah. Table. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like then he, Dave tries to start or Adam Levine tries to start uh, what you were saying, like trying to introduce Greta. And then like the manager guy is kind of like, did you write like on the for the film? And he, no. And then he was like, that's the sound we're going after when he kept saying like, see, yes, capiche. Like when he kept doing those little annoying things. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, this guy is so annoying. <laughs> Oh yeah, God, it made my guy. skin crawl. Like, I was <laughs> like, yeah, agree. Kabish, Kabish. Like, 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 and, then, oh. and then he's like, you know, when 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 Greta's like, oh, you know, I'm just really here to yeah. support him. And then he's just like, Whoo. yeah, he's like, he's like, whoo, I love this girl. And he said that twice, by the way. So I know they just Ew. cut those together. He was creepy. Yeah. Was and then creepy. also the editing there was just kind of weird, too, because they try to yeah. make it a point that we show Mim. Yeah, because like, beautiful mm-hmm. mim, the beautiful mim was what the beautiful said. mim, and then yeah. we get like a nice little, you know, you know, five or six frames on her, and like when that happened, I felt kind of bad because like I was just like, oh, he's gonna cheat with her, and Kaylee was like, what? How do you know? I was like, 
yeah, the, the, the way they framed that shot, like, <laughs> <laughs> she's clearly going to be the triangle effect for this relationship. Yeah. She was like, no, I don't think he would do that. I was like, no, you're just a Maroon 5 fan. So you don't want him to. <laughs> you don't want yeah, him we to don't, be the bad guy. <laughs> we don't like Adam Levine in this movie. He's yeah, not a he's good guy. Terrible. No. If, the, if this then, ever became like a Rocky Horror thing, whenever it shows Mim, we would all yell, slut. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. And so the scene when, when he's like, oh, I have a song I want to play for you. And they're like, you know, at, in the kitchen. And she like listens to the first few like measures. And then she listens to like him singing and she like automatically like she knows and it's just like and that, he's just like you it's like you read my mind and that I, was such a great scene yeah. Yeah. just him going your mind reader i because it took me 30 seconds to catch up and then just mm-hmm. what what a great statement of just how closely she knows him how lovely outstanding i wish they would have dialed the slap reaction back a little bit she like capulted him like three feet with yeah. that one slap. <laughs> I'm like, she didn't hit you that hard, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a great scene. It's Yeah, and I think my favorite part of that scene is, yeah, we're listening to it, but we're reading her face more than anything. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. I I think when I'm I'm watching that, I'm like, that that's all star work. That's that's someone who's like, you're 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 paying the bills with this type of stuff. Cause when she was like, you can see her like listening to it. And like at first she's like, you know, colleague listening to it she's like all right what what do i need to do how can i help with this song mm-hmm. okay cool and then like she starts listening to it and then like she starts formulating what's happening and i'm like oh he cheat because i wasn't even actually listening to the song i was just watching her more than anything i was like oh he cheated like that it was such a beautiful scene just to kind of like see that i thought his reaction was a little too much like the way he slapped and then like he threw the the the, the like, wine glass yeah and i'm like all right just Relax. You could have put it down. I'm imagining yeah. those are from like Crate and Barrel. Those little expensive. You could have put them down. You didn't he did throw it, throw, it. throw it in the sink. He threw it in the sink. That helps a little bit. Yeah, because yeah, he knew his mom would have been mad. You know that she, she had to sweep up glass. So yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. No, it, just... yeah. It was just a, that that part. I was like, oh, it was so beautiful. And then you kind of just made it a little cringy. I gotta ask. Like I've thought about it, but I don't know. I never put too much thought into it. I think like someone else other than Adam should have been probably casted because I think he he's the only one that really kind of makes it like fuck like that like the things he says in that scene when he's like I have to see it through like he has to keep seeing Mim like it just felt kind of weird the way he was saying but he's not an actor I get that like I totally get yeah it. who would you have wanted to see in that I, role I, I don't know An- another Mark Ruffalo like guy I have no idea but um, I, haven't, I haven't really thought about it yeah me me too I'm I I did play this game with the Mark Ruffalo character uh, because it just in 2021 terms, it kind of rubs me wrong that Mark Ruffalo is the guy that's trying to keep the music pure. And he's telling that to Yassine Bey, who is an active musician Most who is F. just so well known. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But this is whenever he's credited as Yassine Bey here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, like Mark Ruffalo is the one who's like, right, but the music and most death is the uppity record producer. And I would just be so much more interested in like a flopped version of that dynamic. Cause yeah. whatever I see, you seen Bay and things. I, I like him. I love me some Ruffalo. Ooh, yeah. I love me some Ruffalo, but I think there's, I don't know. I would just be interested to see that flopped. And also Ruffalo, I, as I've established just now, 
nearly 10 seconds ago. I love Ruffalo. I'm not sure he pulls off uh, kind of downtrodden and scruffy. His feet and, were dirty. So I bought it. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. You couldn't uh, pay for I, beers. I accept it. 10 out of 5 stars. Mm-hmm. He borrows um, the shower in his ex-wife's house. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he still, which he still stores his good clothes at because he knows he's not going to need it five times out of the week. Right. Also, I don't know if you guys are like me, but did anyone practice their Mark Ruffalo impression at at any point during this movie? I did not. My so my f- absolute favorite scene in this movie is when his character. Um, are you going to do a Ruffalo impression? No. Dang it, <laughs> well, Ruffalo. Please, I mean, it's when it's when please. he's. <laughs> I mean, Olivia, I promise. I'm going to try. Me. But oh, it's when he, it's when he's listening to my favorite song, "A Step You Can't Take Back." But it's his interpretation, and it's the one that we referenced earlier, where he's imagining the arrangement, and he's just like, like really like into it. And in the commentary that I put on Patreon, um, I go, "That's me at a John Mayer concert." <laughs> By the way, John Mayer probably could have done this role. Oh, Ooh. yeah, like, yeah. Like, oh. kind of like that in real life. Like, oh, Olivia, <laughs> that's nailed perfect. it. My man, John Clayton Mayer. But <laughs> also, can you do a Ruffalo impression real quick? Because I'm not I gonna mean, let it go. What kind of, what kind of impression? It's like are a little like... strain. Like he always strains his. Just show us your dirty way. feet. <laughs> I can do that. Oh, oh, my tailbone. <laughs> 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 so, uh, to me, a, a big reason why I didn't buy Levine so much. Hold on, Aaron. I'm not going to drop this. Are you going to be doing a Ruffalo? I, I can't. It's just he's too. You niche. can. Come on. He's too rough. Uh, right. <laughs> I tried. I tried to think. Um, I can hear you doing the same thing that I do, which is immediately clog up your nose. Yeah. You. You got money. I can't. I don't. <laughs> So niche, like you, you got like, money for the yeah. years. He's so like, and, and I love, I really do love Ruffalo. I think he's really one of the most underutilized humans. I, I think in general, the dude's always talking about climate change, and he's so you know a social justice warrior. Like he's just an all around. Like I think we all wish we had an uncle Ruffalo in our family. Like oh yeah. for sure, just to kind of support us at you know family arguments. Like he's also just, like a great guy and he's handsome like 13 going on 30 13 I mean, going on 30 classic but like the, the reason i didn't buy levine especially is because he already showed up hot like and like you can't like be like dirty dorky nerdy hot and then like douchey hot i have a heart like to me like you're already you're already like like hot dude like you're you're already gonna be like I can see where this is going that's where like mayor can like look a little sloppier yeah and like not look as hot. And then like when he gets that glow up real quick, mm-hmm. like to me, Levine didn't have a glow up. He just got a beard. That was about it. Like yeah. everything else kind of stayed the same. So I was like, eh, you're, eh, I don't, I don't, I didn't see it as much, but with mayor, we could like slop him up a little bit and, I you know, like dork him up a little bit. And then when we get that glow up, I'm like, oh, he's a real asshole. He's a real jerk. Not a fan. My man, John. I'm, I just any any chance I get to talk about him. I'm a huge John Mayer fan. Like a <laughs> John Mayer fan. I, oh my gosh, we love this movie and John Mayer. I think yeah. we just became best friends. I, I took we I mean I took my wife to go see him uh, in San Antonio or Houston. She Wait, which one was it? Search for <laughs> search for everything or like this last tour? this last tour. Oh me! Oh, so good. So it's funny is like I had I had missed a chance to see him like years before, but um I've been a huge fan of his forever, but. Uh, what was funny is I missed him walking out 
at the concert, which I was fine with. Like, it's okay. I was trying to get a beer mm-hmm. with my wife, but there was two girls behind me that were like, one of them was like, Kristen, you got to go see the walkout. You're going to regret. And it was like, it was any minute he could walk out on stage. And there was this like five minute serious discussion behind me uh, trying to convince this girl, Kristen, forget the beers. We got to go. You can't miss the walkout. And then all of a sudden, like the lights caved out and he started coming <gasps> out. And then they're like, Kristen, no. And then like they ran. And I thought it was so fucking funny because I'm just like, I am 37 years old. Like, I'm OK. <laughs> but I think your conversation's hilarious. And Kristen, you fucked up. You should have gone out to see the walk. Fucked up, Kristen. <laughs> and to be fair, I missed the the walkout. Um, what was it? The the first time I saw him, oh. I like went to the bathroom, and then I heard him go on stage, and I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> so let's pretend that I'm not a music person. Uh, what is a walkout? Exactly what it sounds like the first time they just walk out on stage. That's a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so like the big entrance, the grand. Yeah. The big here yeah. I am. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And again. Just pretend that I don't know about music. Like, like clearly, I'm a music guy. I love yeah. <laughs> music so much. Yeah, I, I, I will. Okay, back to that music thing. Because again, not a me. I, I, I have been casted in musicals as leads, and they politely give my song away. I am not musically inclined. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I, I've not been polite at all. Yeah, yeah, but I'll take it. I still get stage time. I don't mind it. Okay. Um, but like so. It's just really of, weird that you as Danny Zuko wasn't allowed to sing Greased Lightning whenever you <laughs> yeah. were in. I'm, I'm just gyrating up there in my, in my <laughs> leather. Um, so when, okay, so when I'm watching it and I watch the very opening scene that Olivia was kind of talking about, like with the, the instruments kind of like oh, so puppeteering good. in the back, is that like what music people think of? Like, is that what they like? like Got yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I know that was I kind of do. was that cringy. I kind of thought it was kind of cool. I was like, that kind of makes sense for a producer to think like that. Like, cool, we'll get some violence here. We'll get a keyboard here. Yeah, we'll have you know a, a, some some drums going on here. I think it's like any art. Like, I think an interior designer walking in a space just envisions things. Like, a graphic designer thinking about some sort of a logo concept like does the same thing. It, mm-hmm. yeah, they all have their own. Like, all these creative geniuses just it just happens in their head. a chef throwing a bunch of food out and they're like, they know exactly what they could do with it all. Mm-hmm. That's, That's, I, yeah. I, I can't do that. Yeah. I, I thought that was a beautiful illustration of like, or in visualization of what that looks like. And I think another big moment, kind of like talking what what you're talking about, Gerald is whenever uh, his daughter comes into play. I, I don't know why yes. I really loved that. That might've been one of my favorite moments. Cause like they're kind of setting her up for this. Like she's a kid. Like she's, she's, she's not really that great. She's a kid who has a guitar. We're not calling her a guitar player, you know, like, and they right. kind of set her up that she's going to be kind of shitty. And then it, it takes the people in the group to like, no, get up here. You're going to do it. Which I think is like one of my favorite times, like whatever, whatever you're doing. Like if, if you like, if you like cooking or if you like, um, if you do comedy, if you do, you know, videography, if you do anything, getting that acceptance and you know that that come on stage with me feeling is such a good you Mm -hmm. everyone needs it and you need to have that experience once and to like see that that made me giddy and i genuinely had a smile i was like i like that like i I just had to like audibly say i like that that's a beautiful scene that i i i hadn't really seen before yeah when uh when something cool happens in a movie i'm a i'm a rewinder like I like to rewind it and watch it again. He rewinder. Yeah. He rewinds. <laughs> and He's I, kind. I I rewound that part because I like I wanted to. 
Is it even called rewinding still without a reel? Anyway, I went back. <laughs> oh, I watched yeah. it again. You're not actually winding anything. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, dude, I hadn't even thought about it that. Damn it. Like, yeah, you're just. Backspace? No, that's computer. You're, you're pulling it back? I, I skipped. I skipped back. I don't you're know. scrubbing back? Skipped? Scrub? Uh, you're yeah. you're <laughs> One backtracking? Of I don't know. <laughs> like, no, but that scene is so good. Um, also, the song, Tell Me If You Want to Go Home, like, just like the, the New York skyline. And you hear, <laughs> like, the the intro like of the piano and then just Haley Steinfeld's character you know she actually like does music in real life so um I didn't know she was like she could play guitar I don't know to the extent but her including that electric guitar solo um just like cherry on top I loved it I think she did really good too like uh the whole dynamic of like her dad like just like shut up leave me alone kind of a thing like mm-hmm. when he tried to kiss her like that was really good. You, which reminds me, okay, I was I really appreciated the little subtleties of um, Mark Ruffalo and uh, his ex-wife. Yeah, um, yeah, their relationship, like just the, the, the always great. Sorry, just talk oh, yeah. over go, you, go Gerald, go go but it, the it. always great Catherine Keener. Yeah, if she's in a movie, she's gonna knock it out of the park. Let me some Catherine Keener. Anyway, yeah, she's gonna convince you to sell all of your toys on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> um no but like the like the okay the shower scene was hilarious because like you could tell there's still something there and he's you Mm -hmm. know slapping his penis around um, (laughs) or whatever and then she's she like the the moment when he asked her to come in and then she's kind of like steps out out of his his vision and like should i no and then even like when he walked in to ask her if uh violet could um play guitar and she shares a cigarette with him but like secret in a secret way, like there's still this little relationship they have. And I thought that was cool that uh, we got to see that. Yeah, because like she's like, yeah, like you said, like it, it it's the, the nuances like, I mean, you, they there's obviously an established relationship, whether they want to they want to leave each other or not. You have a child together. You're always going right. to have that that there. And she tries to like ignore it and just like so show that she's kind of moved on. But he he knows and she knows that you love me like and, and it, it's just so soft and, and subtle and sweet and he's a jerk and, and we want him to get his life together and and you can tell she desperately wants him to get his life together just so they can have that that peace and love and moment back together and and like i love that they they show little things throughout the movie like the splitter on the dash on like hanging from the the mirror yeah that irritated me like because i'm not a big fan of things hanging from my <laughs> my mirror as it is i'm like dude just take the fucking splitter off you you don't need it like and then when you get a meeting for it i'm like oh that's why it was a central focus i get it like (laughs) that makes Mm -hmm. sense and then like they have that sweet moment at the end with with the splitter again and you're like i just i'm really rooting for this guy this whole time even though he's got dirty feet yeah and i think what i love about this movie too is that for people who watch it for the first time gerald i don't know if you had this impression but you know, it's about the relationship between the artist and the producer. And you kind of, you know, you don't you don't know if there's like some romantic tension going on between them at first. But then, you know, it's like those little subtleties that you said between him and his estranged wife. And um, it's kind of like, oh, I don't want Kira Knightley and Mark Ruffalo to get together. Like, it's just not like that. Like, 
I like that they have a close relationship. They do the ears. They do the the splitter date. Which, by the way, being able to listen to Stevie Wonder in a nightclub also like not realistic. But not with those headphones. <laughs> not with yeah. those headphones. No, but like I liked that they were able to illustrate. Like this movie does a really good job of not falling into that stereotype and instead bringing it back to him kind of being a family man and being a good father figure and and a good husband i i i really liked that well we got to thank james corden for blocking that in the apartment scene when they were when who knows what they were going to do but i'm glad that they didn't yeah Yeah. i want to talk to aaron about this because one of the great things about this movie is its mastery of subtleties i don't know if you know this Aaron, but um james corden is a fat best friend like he's a schlubby fat best friend and i don't know I don't know if you, because it's pretty subtle that James Corden is a complete fuck up. <laughs> and is definitely not a sexual prospect for Kira Knightley at all. And he's got a tiny hat. It's pretty <laughs> subtle. And he vaults onto his bed. And, and yeah. um, in the middle of the street, all he does is strum the G chord. <laughs> yeah, when I saw that, I was like, oh, he's actually doing that. And that's the extent yeah. of his, yeah. like, his hands never moved. And I was like, Oh, because that's all you know. But I respect it. I respect that you're still doing it. Yeah. Yeah. When we first see him and he's like at the end of that song where he's like screaming, not alone. I was like, he is so into this song. And then we see like nobody around. <laughs> and he says, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> he still says, thank you. Oh, like, man. It, so this movie does not go on the list, Aaron. <laughs> it, it doesn't go on the list. It is uh, clearly identified that he is a schlubby dude who has no possibility. I will say I didn't mind his character. Was Cord- was James Corden hot at this time? I think so. I think this was when he, um, I think he got late night with James Corden or his show, I think like around this time or like within... I, I want to say it was like 2013 to 2015 because I remember I wasn't living in LA when the show I think came out and then um, the song like I said Lost Stars was nominated for an Oscar and so it had qualified for the Oscars for that like award season so okay. yeah, I think I, so I was a little confused by him just, just seeing him I was like I, I don't I don't know why but I get it like I guess they were trying to do the whole you know British aspect because <laughs> like she's coming from Britainland and all that like I it, but yeah I when I saw him I was like I but I did like some of his stuff like I'm not gonna lie I'm probably gonna do the do your best not to dance to this song at a I party. Uh, that is far and away my favorite scene of this movie <laughs> love uh, that so about it charming it is so charming and james Corden, bustopher jones himself <laughs> nails it yeah it was Mwah. so good and i'm like that's a real thing that somebody would do at a party love that i think that is a gorgeous idea that's yes. fun yeah that was a good song too yeah it is a good was, song and you can't help but not dance like you gotta dance to it when it comes on like oh i love it whenever that guy was like i think i have to dance <laughs> yeah and he's like like he starts just like shaking just a little bit like he was like oh it's just so like there's so many cute moments in this movie like it's just ah i yeah i i'm a sucker for it now um so i'm gonna digress just a little bit uh but not really so this movie um, have you have have you guys been in new york no i have not okay i have 
like you have. Sorry, I don't know why I just you said it like that. No. <laughs> Me, I have. Uh, I have. So- <laughs> or uh, as I call it, the city. The there you go. Names. That's right. The very first time I went to New York, um, it was for work. And I didn't really get to go. I It was for a conference thing. I was stuck inside of Times Square at one of those big hotels. And I didn't really get to go out. It was when they had like a snowmageddon. Which I think, oh, yeah. Yeah. So oh. we were there <clears throat> and I walked outside and um, they closed the city down like the oh my God. nobody was allowed to be in Times Square. So when I walked out and I went into Times, I just looked around and there's Times Square. There was nobody there. Oh, my God. So I took a photograph of it. And I think there was like two people, two far two people far away that you could see. But I had not it had not registered to me that that was like a site no one's really ever seen before. That's incredible. So it was nighttime and it looked really cool. I took the picture. It was snowing. I was not prepared for snow at all. I had like my Converse on, so my feet were soaking wet. But I remember like falling in love with like just the lights and stuff. I mean, it's pretty easy to do. So then the next day we had a free day and my wife is a big fan of um, the fabric store mood in New York from Project Project Runway. And she was like, I just want to go get I just bring me a piece of fabric because she sews. So I I, uh, I made time to go. I didn't realize it was like when everyone gets off of work, like at four. Oh, apparently. God. So I'm in this like you got you got to walk fast or like the people are walking all around you. So like everyone got out. It was just like a movie. I'm in this like crowd of people looking at my phone for directions, walking to where I was supposed to. And th- there's just like this energy that you feel with like all these people. And I'm sure they were like move like you're walking slow kind of a thing but i was loving it right so i fell in love with the city and i told my wife like we have to go like we have to go check it out so she um we went during christmas and it looks exactly like it does an elf uh which was awesome so we fell in love with it again she was like thank you for taking me like we'll probably never go back but i appreciate that like we went and i have those memories and everything so i saw this movie fell in love with like the energy again of new york because that's what it reminds me of it's one of the reasons i like it when when uh she was away i watched so i watched it by myself and then i'm like you know what i'm gonna buy two tickets we're gonna go to new york again for christmas i'm gonna surprise her and it was like september or something so we watched the movie i said hey you have to watch this it's good and it's always she's always like 50 50 because either she's gonna hate it or like whatever i recommend so Mm -hmm. we, we watch it she loves the movie she she like had nothing but good stuff to say about it and i was like guess what and then I like let let her know that like we're going to New York again. She like blew up. Like she was just crying and and all this oh. stuff. So like that's my connection with this movie, and that's our connection. With oh this my god, that's oh. so sweet. That's I know I'm a sweet guy. Oh. Oh. Do you have that picture of, of New York by the way? Still, I have like, it. I'll, I, I'll I'll find it. I'll send it to you. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's such like. Again, like a very like once in a lifetime, like I mean, once in a generation, really, like to 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 see the city that never sleeps quiet, like that. That's such yeah. an awesome, such like a, a a strangely like environmentally like romantic moment <laughs> to like witness. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. So that's why I like this movie a lot. That's oh man, understandably so. That, yeah, and I think okay, so kind of like at, at this kind talking about what you're talking about. Um, I think the best example of Paris is Ratatouille. And I think the best example of New York, I'm going to say is probably like getting an, ex- an experience of the city and the chaos that all ensues. But like, just like the child, like wonder as an adult that you get 
with New York City, I imagine, was this one. Like, I, I don't know why, like, I, I had, like, this romantic feeling of New York when I'm watching it. And like you said, Elf, like, does a great example of Christmas in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Like, that, that does a great job. But this one, I was like, this just seems like a really cool summer New York night of just exploring this. When they have that splitter date. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that yeah. was just like such a cool feeling. And I was like, that would just that that's just a fun time. Like, and it really had a, a, a great feeling of like, I want to do that. I just want to go mm-hmm. and explore New York City. And I to me, that's like a great example for it. And I know I, I feel like we all agree that Ratatouille is the best example of Paris. Yes. <laughs> but like, and, that and, and a Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. Which is also uh, a New York movie. Yeah. yeah and, and, sure. Devil Wears Prada is probably like a close example, but I, I had an experience that like Oh God, that city is so cool. Until I saw this last night, I was like, I can't wait until, you know, we're, you know, all at a good point with vaccinations and we can explore again. Like that got me really excited. So like, I, I like that. That's kind of like the, 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 the moment that you have with, with begin again. Also, you have that such the yeah. romantic sense with it. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Oh, love that. On that note, should we move into the Rotten Tomatoes game, everyone? I think, I think we're there, man. Yeah. Excellent. It's the Rotten Tomatoes game. Boom da boom boom splat. Uh, now, Gerald, the Rotten Tomatoes game, I don't know if you know this, but it's based off of the website Rotten Tomatoes, a film review aggregator that takes all submitted film reviews, averages them up by a pass-fail system, that assigns a percentage on how many people might think a movie is either fresh or rotten. This is not a score that a film is X percent good. It is only a score of how many people went, it's fine. I'm going to be asking you for two numbers, one being the critical approval score as well as the audience approval score, and you will give me your best guess without going under. Reverse prices right rules. Starting with the lioness herself, Ms. Suarez, out of 167 critical reviews, what do you oh. think the approval rating is for Begin Again, directed by John Carney? Oh, so I've really thought about this a lot, and I think nice. that it was good enough <laughs> Thank you. I think it was good enough to get a passing grade. Um, I think. I think there. Are, I mean, this movie does have its flaws, and um, there are some cringeworthy moments, like CeeLo Green being fe- featured in this movie, um, and then like late, and then in the the later, you know, this isn't acknowledged at the time the movie came out, but this was produced by the Weinstein Company, so also not great. Um, but uh, I want to say. I'm going to say 80%. I 80%. think it's percent. Yeah, I think it's it's better than like a C rating, but I don't think it hits for like like an A if that makes sense. I think the music also is what carries this film. Certainly. Mr. Salinas, uh Olivia thinks this is slightly better than a C, but what you be guessing? Uh, no, I'm just thinking like how great Catherine Keener and she was also in Sicario. Like Jesus, this oh, woman can do anything. Um, okay. uh, I, I think it's very bubblegummy in for a movie. I think uh, again that that optimist that overly optimistic sense to it might have rubbed some critics the wrong way. But I think also some people are like, hey, Mark Ruffalo's got dirty feet, so I'm gonna say a 72. <laughs> The dirty. Hey, Mark Ruffalo. I've, you know, if you want to contribute some feet pics so we can give out to our patrons. Oh, dude. Oh I my god. Who used to contribute to the ten dollar level? <laughs> Ooh. 
but yeah, I think uh, I, I I think most people were like, yeah, it's good. It's got a great soundtrack. I think that's what a lot of a lot of critics were probably saying about it. Gerald, what do you think critics were saying about Begin Again? What's this first number I'm giving? You're giving the critical approval rating for Begin Again out of 167 film critics. Oh, they're going to be rough. Um, <laughs> probably, like, I would say 62, 63. Okay, I'm going to put 62. Okay. I hope that's okay. I'm fine with it. Okay, thank goodness. <laughs> Uh, and you're saying 62 because you think that critics were rough on it. Yeah, of course. Okie dokie. Uh, that's weird that y'all are talking about this film being filled with uh, abundant optimism because all of you were major pessimists. Oh. Really? Critics. Uh, this movie has an 83% approval rating oh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Oh. That Good, good for that. Okay. Well, I mean, that's great. I'm glad to be wrong there. But Me yeah. too. I mean, I was, I was, I was still under, but I mean, damn, that's that's better than I anticipated. It's the feet. It it's the feet, <laughs> it's the feet. and the mustache. Oh, yeah, Every single review that Adam I read Levine. cited both of those things: Adam Levine's weird mustache and the dirty feet. Each one of them, just <laughs> cinema verite at its finest. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Also, one of my favorite scenes, and I talk about this in my commentary, is the scene where. Uh, Greta is leaving the voicemail to Dave and she sings like a fool. And I'm like, first off, the fact that that voicemail was like able to like last for about two, three minutes, because at that point I would have been like, sorry, like <laughs> you've reached the end of the voicemail. <laughs> and I'd be like, OK, here's part two. Like, like, <laughs> 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 text, don't answer your phone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But like, dude, it is like. I mean, she's just like, and you have broken every single fucking rule, and and I have loved you like a fool. It just, yeah. it just cuts so deep, and the fact that he hears that while he's on the bus, like, so good. <laughs> I just wish they would have kept the kazoo. I know, I love the kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> I love that kazoo. That, and then I think on the rooftop when the, like, I wish they would have kept the that neighbor shouting. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Those two things. Two more minutes. Yeah. Uh, much like the neighbor shouting, the audience also was shouting opinions about Begin Again on Rotten Tomatoes. Out of more than 25,000 reviews, starting with Gerald, oh, what wow. do you think the audience approval rating is for Begin Again? Well, hell, I don't know anymore. Um, I would, <laughs> I would, uh, 80s? 80, 80, I'm going to go 85. 80, 85. 85. Yeah. Outstanding. Mr. Salinas? And a reminder that if you lose this, you will have to give Gerald $30. Oh, no, hold on. Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> the long established rule, Aaron. It's not, though. Um, I'm going to say. I feel like I feel like I feel like there was a bunch of people like, no, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like we have to go high on this one. I'm going to say 88. 88 percent. Wait, what did Gerald say? 85 percent. Okay, Which, uh, say, just to do the math you, for you, you could have just, you just asked me what I said. <laughs> I'm still yeah, we're, here. We're, we're competitors, Gerald. There's a difference. Look, we, I've got one job on this podcast, okay? <laughs> and I'm going to do it. Okay. Yeah, I feel 88. I feel a lot of people were like Adam Levine's in it, Corden's in it, and everybody loved uh, CeeLo Green at the time, um, and he's in it. So, yeah. And I mean, 
most deaf's in it, dude. I mean, come on, I'm a big fan of deaf poetry, Jim. When I see, saw him, I was like, hell yeah, man. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna say 88. I feel like a lot of people, and it's yeah, it's just it's just celebrity all star night there. So I'm gonna say 88. Uh, speaking of Yasin Bay, uh, the host of Bay Watch, Olivia, what do you think the approval rating is for? Begin again. Okay, so I also have this belief that it's also in the 80s, so I'm going to say 86%. 86%. And now, I, I think... I don't yeah. know if you know this, but that's lower than Aaron's guess, but higher than Gerald's guess. Yeah, I think people really liked the soundtrack. You have the all-star cast, including Haley Steinfeld. And I think, if anything, people... if if people didn't gravitate toward this movie, it was probably because, you know, like, oh, Kira Knightley is singing in this movie, you know? Um, you're like, I didn't know she could do that. And some, I don't know, maybe some people were kind of like put off by that. I don't know. I thought she was great. She was better than I anticipated or like expected. Um, yeah, it's just a feel good movie. Like for me, obviously this is one of my absolute faves. So I, and I'm a music buff. I'm a musician. So I, I like, I visualize arrangements very similar to how mark ruffalo's character does i just see instruments float all the time um sober and uh for, but for me if if i if i characterize it like as an a and then you have some people who are maybe not as enthused by it then i think it'll average out to about an 86 certainly and just a reminder olivia that if you don't get this right on the money uh aaron will have to donate an additional 30 dollars to gerald <laughs> Hold on. I like this podcast. Uh, yeah, come back every week. Uh, go definitely be rich. Uh, Gerald, you are closest without going under. The correct answer is 81%. Oh. Critics like this more than the audience did, apparently. That's. I mean, very okay. close, though. Wow. What is this, Nomadland? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So Jerry, uh, you get to walk away with seventy dollars, all from Aaron. It's a great, Holy shit, it's a great that, day. That <laughs> we're Wait, making isn't thirty times two sixty. You're absolutely right, Olivia. I'm not arguing. Eighty dollars. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's <clears throat> that's been our episode of Shame Watch. Thank you to Denise. Oh, re, uh, before we get there, uh, Gerald, do you have anything to plug? Um, I, I don't really want to. It's been such a fun time. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, I have this web series I've been working on called The Taco Chair. TheTacoChair.com. People can just go watch that and subscribe. Uh, I'd appreciate it. Right on. Ooh. And uh, your wife's podcast, it, you and your wife's podcast is So Bonita, right? So her company is So Bonita, but the podcast is So Taco for both of us. But we actually just recorded our final episode yes, or Thursday ever oh wow yeah right okay well uh, you know it, excited for y'all then uh what the future holds uh but right on you've been awesome dude glad we could finally have you on thank you um and hopefully you could use uh aaron's 120 dollars to you to just kind of promote uh your wares. let's keep talking about it because it goes up every time you mention it <laughs> yeah. that's been our episode of shame watch thank you to denise hudson for our rocking theme song and to james garcia for our artwork don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Shame Watch on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you podcasts are found. Have suggestions, questions, comments, or general tomfoolery you can contribute to our pod. Send it our way. Visit us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Shame Watch Pod so we can talk with you. We also have a website that just came up, Shame Watch Pod. Right, right. Yeah, ShameWatchPod.com. ShameWatchPod.com. 
Um, and finally, you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash shamewatch. It does cost money to put on superb content like this pod, so even a $1 donation can make a huge difference. Now we're going to read off the lovely patrons. All right. We've got Kenny Madison. From Austin, Texas. Aaron O'Salinas. From Austin, Texas. Gene Fight. Bowling Green, Ohio. Alan Smith. Leander, Texas. Bradley McPherson. From Tulsa, okay. Jennifer Steinberg. From Austin, Texas. Heraclio Gonzalez. From Austin, Texas. Ian Keegan. From Gillette, Wyoming. Danny Cantu. From San Marcos, Texas. Miranda Suarez. San Antonio, Texas. Irene Suarez. San Antonio, Texas. Nolan Barger. Mommy, Ohio. The Con Save. From Stephenville, Texas. Holly Cuomo. From Austin, Texas. Rebecca Trejo. De La Hache from Houston, Texas. Irvin Castellanos. From Austin, Texas. Duran. Uh, from uh, Kyle, Texas. Ashley Blum. From Santa Barbara, California, not Texas. <laughs> Ryan Hill. Austin, Texas. Jason Harris. Uh, Austin, Texas. Kara Weaver. Austin, Texas. Lasso Cass. ATX. And Alicia Silvestri. Still waiting to find out. Santa Barbara, Texas. We'll call her Santa Barbara, Texas. Um, until next time. Wait, 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 Aaron. Wait, wait. I'm a podcaster because I don't play bass, baby. <laughs> until next time. Our watch is now ended. Dive at your own risk. Everything's coming up podcasts.